Okay, so yeah, just a little bit of a background. Um, so I get to teach this rhetorics of, of popular culture course. Um, and I pitched it to him. I said, uh, and I talked I talk with Julian Chambliss uh, last week. Okay. And he said he had a similar thing happen to him down in, um, down in Florida was they were like, you could teach whatever you want. And I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. I'm about to teach whatever I want. Um, and so I, so I do this comics course and they hadn't had a comics course, um, like a comic studies course, yeah. uh, before. Um, and so, uh, you know, it was going great. And then the apocalypse happened and then, um, you know, we went to this distance learning thing and I decided that I was going to do two things. One, I didn't want to be the boring professor that like, you know, that like read off of his, his notes. You know what I mean? Like, that's, man, I just couldn't. I couldn't bring myself in good conscience to just read my lectures. Oh, you got a bad brain. You got a bad brain. Sweatshirt. Is that a sweatshirt? Oh, oh it's a t-shirt. T-shirt. It's a t-shirt. Yeah, still. it's online. It's like 40,000 to 11 million degrees out here right now. Still. Uh, <laughs> it is seven degrees here uh, <laughs> in Minnesota. You know how it goes. I don't miss, I don't miss those. Yeah. <laughs> no. But I um, do miss, but I do miss Minneapolis. I yeah, I, Minneapolis city. is, it's in my mind, and uh, if if the Minneapolis Board of Commerce is listening to this episode, I appreciate you. Feel free to sponsor us <laughs> uh, anytime. Um, but it's a hidden gem um, from the hip hop scene and from like the artistic. Uh, it really is. I was surprised. Oh, you know, um, hip hop trivia. I was roommates with Sadiq from Rhyme Sayers. No, Brent for Sayers. real? Yeah, for like two years we were roommates. I was That's like, it was me, him. Um, he lived up. His room was upstairs. It was his mom's house. And he That's lived upstairs. Awesome. I lived in the first floor bedroom. And then I forget the other brother's name that lived in the basement. I, are y'all hearing how small this world is? I think <laughs> like that, that's, but it just shows how, oh, and we can, we can and chop this up. I probably still owe too. him rent money probably. That's, <laughs> well, you know, I'll let y'all work that out in the, I'll let y'all work that out, you know, among y'all. So, uh, Eddie, feel free to spot, uh, Rob says, feel free to sponsor the show as well. <laughs> Shout outs. I'm not proud. I can't um, believe Fifth Element closed. Right? Oh my gosh! Like my heart. I mean, I get why because I mean, this stuff is just killing everybody's business. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've been back maybe like three times since I moved away from Minneapolis. And um, I've gone, I've gone there every time. Every time. <laughs> every time. It's. I was. Uh, I was bummed out because I just got. You know, I moved up here from um, from Madison. I did my I did my PhD work up there, um, and. You know, I, what little I knew was Rhyme Sayers and um, and Prince yeah. and Bob and Bob Dylan, if that counts. Yeah. But but just like the cultural uh, yeah. biosphere, as it were. But yeah, I I, I had just gotten comfortable uh, up at, <laughs> with the element. Um, we get uh, uh, institutional landmarks um, uh, are. Being hit, being hit pretty hard. Um, so yeah, we um, just started putting this, just started putting this um, comics course together, doing pop, doing a podcast, and I, and I wanted to do two things. Um, 
the first is to not be boring and not be sort of like corny with the distance learning. It's, it's not even distance learning. It's emergency learning. It is. And so, you know, to some, to some extent that doesn't mean you, you have an excuse to be whack, but it does mean it, it it's going to be that it's going to be that real gritty garage tape, one tape <laughs> stuff. Um, but I didn't want to be corny with it. Um, and then the two is, um, I just wanted to, to, um, you know, I like talking with smart folks who, who get the medium, who understand the importance of popular culture, yeah. what it can do, how it can work, but from particular perspectives, right. Um, that are, um, a little more meaningful. Let's put it that way. It's not like, Oh, isn't this oh, oh, isn't this cool? But yeah, it's, yeah, it's cool. But what does it mean? Why does it matter? <laughs> exactly. And, and, and so, um, you know, I was just, I'm super glad that you can, that you can join us. Absolutely. Um, man. Like I said, this is just, you know, we've had our digital, you know, talks and stuff and the stuff you research that you're doing your scholarship is a really impressive that was stuff that you're doing and the stuff I really appreciate. Cause I think that what happens is when we talk about, um, culture we don't really talk about lived culture we talk about museum-esque culture where it's kind of like objectified and not subjectified yes sir able to have embodied culture is such a very valuable conversation absolutely um and so that's again that's why i was glad we could I, i was glad we could make this this work time zones regardless um so we i have been starting these conversations out the way these comic book conversations start out with the origin story, right? Okay. Uh, So what's your origin story? You have, like, how did you come to, to, to comics, to, to, to this, this pop culture thing um, in your life? And and how did you come to take it, take it seriously? So you want the the ugly truth or a beautiful lie? I want, no, 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 no. I want the realness. Like, okay. That's the big, that's the big thing is what I feel like is these stories often have um, and, and taking pop culture. We want it to be neat. We want it to be clean. We want it to be not ugly. We want it to be beautiful for consumption. Yeah. I, right, I, I, but that's okay. not this. So no, let, okay, it, let it rip. Let's go. So I grew up in a pretty abusive household and a neglectful household. And I'm also violently dyslexic actually. I, so, but I was a, but I was a very dogged reader. Like it took me, forever to read something, but I wasn't going to let go. I was going to read that shit no matter what. Ah, right. Oops, I cursed. Right. Oh, I cursed. I cursed. My bad. Oh, no, it's got the explicit <laughs> tag. Let it rip. Okay. Okay. Let it rip. And then, so my, my mom would, my mom had like these multitude of boyfriends that would beat us and come and do the house whatever. And so then she would just disappear. Yeah. And one time it was, it was like the, I think it was like my, I was five Christmas vacation of my, of my kindergarten year. She left for like two weeks of Christmas vacation. She gave me like this giant stack of, you know, I knew what I mean, by, by five years old, I was cooking yeah. for myself, cleaning for myself, doing laundry. I knew how to take care of myself at five. And she left me like this giant stack of comic books. Okay. Like, Challenges of the Unknown, Spider-Man, Old School Mr. Miracle, like all the, like, like literally stacks of comics. Right. Right. So she was gone for like a, a week and plus. So I just read those comics. And it just made me realize that like, like then Spider-Man hit me. Because you didn't, because all the other characters were white, and I knew Peter Parker was white, but you had no idea who was under the mask in Spider-Man. He was the only person besides Mister Miracle that had a full mask, right? And so you could project into that, and you know, you know, he was in Queens. I'm from Brooklyn, so it was just like it was like, wait a minute, you could actually make a difference in your local community, 
and then go have a regular life at school because I love school. And then it was just like, right. who, who, right. who's doing this shit? Mm-hmm. Like, and then I just started, then I just started understanding, like, you know, then you like, you know, I started getting other type of comics and we had like a spinner rack, <laughs> you know, at the, at the bodega, uh-huh. all the comics and then, you know, back then dime quarter, whatever it was. And so I started seeing one. Well, so Spider-Man then was Fantastic Four was my another big one because I it, didn't have much of a, but my folks are immigrants on my mm-hmm. um, both sides. Well, Puerto Rico's not an immigrant, but my dad's a Spanish speaker from Puerto sure. Rico and my mom's right. from Jamaica. Right. And so it was like, you know, family dynamics are just weird. Especially they were split up. Everything was just stupid. But Fantastic Four was like this, the most beautiful dysfunctional family. I'm like, if you're going to do dysfunction, let me do dysfunction like that. Like, that's how I want to do it. <laughs> right. Then I started meeting a bunch of kids. Um, you'll see this essay coming up from the Pop Culture Collaborative about, uh, about um, translating fan power to political power. It's coming out in the next couple of weeks. Ooh. I'll you on that. Yes, but, please. Um, what comes out with that, I will. And then I saw, then I was just like, then I used to like trade comics with other kids. I remember you used to like bring your stack and you would just trade. And I started finding right. like other stuff, like stuff from Italy, uh, stuff from Japan, stuff mm-hmm. from the Arab world, stuff from mm-hmm. Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and for me, I remember I had a realization I was sitting in my first grade class when you had free reading time. Right. And I remember thinking that I had, I forgot, I had a Godzilla comic, King of, Godzilla King of Monsters, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken. And I was like, this is a pocket museum. Like, I could never afford to go to a museum, but I'm like, I can carry museums in my pocket. How dope is this? Right. And then I was just, then, then I just, you know, then I'm like, if I'm feeling this way, Everybody has to feel this way. Or some people who love this stuff have to feel this way, right? And it goes from comics to Dungeons and Dragons. Like, that was the immediate next leap. It was from comics to Dungeons and Dragons. From Dungeons and Dragons to champions, champions, villains and vigilantes, car wars, all that shit. Oh, then the car wars! Was <laughs> oh, I was a Steve Jackson game. Woo! Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, but ever since then, to this day, like... I still have, I mean, it's, my wife was like, do you really plan on holding on to all these? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, how about all those purses? Um, but it was just like, there's so <laughs> many, I mean, I have so many, but to me, it's a, it's a, it's a, there's a dialogue there because what comics I think do is force us to be better readers because we have to fill in the gaps between static panels. I'm getting multiple stories, multiple levels of text. That's right. And colors and things that are ter- certain particular aesthetics and things. I have to figure all that stuff out, not just blow through it, but I have to actually immerse myself in a new language, a new aesthetic language, artistic yes. language, to be able to make sense of it. Yes. And so that gave me, and I, will, and I, I say this with the utmost, and as I will talk to um, Dr. William Bradford West, his soul, who was my dyslexic coach, mm-hmm. used comics in my dyslexic. Um, I'm still dyslexic. I've written a bunch of books, whatever articles. But he taught me how to cheat and hack my dyslexia through comic books. And so that's that's a long origin story. I apologize. No, 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 not at all. Origins like, first of all, two, two, two things immediately come to mind. First of all, thank you for sharing that story. Right. Um, Because that's the vulnerability, the often authenticity. That means a lot. So like, like for real, for like. Thank you for sharing that with not just me, but but everybody listening too. I mean that that speaks to the power of the medium, but then also 
um, you as a, as a scholar and, and as a, a person. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And then the second is I love this idea of, of hacking uh, because it, it makes me think of, of, of sort of the brain as technology. Uh, you know what I mean? But one of the other things is, and shouts out to you, his name was Dr. William Bradford. Yeah. Because that is so different. Like what, what you described is so different than the nonsense that I'll often see is like, do your kids hate reading? Well, they'll love comics. That's not it, right? It's not like how to trick reluctant yeah. readers into, into learning. Um, it's bringing expertise, your expertise, and your interest to bear on intellectual pursuits. You know what I mean? Um, into that scholar, like you, like you said, like I love learning. Right. Like yeah. you, you said, like I had this passion and, and shouts out to him because he, he sees these twin passions, this doggedness and love for learning. But then also this, the, the, you remember the, the, the wonder twins, right? Like form of <laughs> form of scholarship, form yes. of knowledge production. Right. Like <laughs> you're not about to make and, a bucket of water. <laughs> and, and joy, because I think that's right. so much it's, right. missing, it's, it's missing in teacher education. It's missing in pedagogy. It's missing in andragogy. Have fucking fun. There's nothing in the world wrong with loving school or teaching people to love school for what it is. School's not there to give you a job. Learning's not there to give you a job. Learning's there to make you be a better person and engage oh. the world and a better sense of skills. I'm gonna let people pause. I'm gonna let people pause to rewind so they can write down all that ge- all, all those gems. Like you just like showered them <laughs> with gems because. That's it. That's it. Right? This notion of, well, we gotta we gotta do the we gotta do the work before we do the fun. We gotta do Right, so and what Western. is that? It's so it's so Calvinist. It, oh. <laughs> so right. Gorgeous. It's this puritanical notion, it's this top down notion of behold, I bring to you my 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 sacred knowledge, which in parentheses white knowledge, let's be yeah. clear. Yeah. The, the classical mythology, right? That that is the good stuff. But then, this then we're supposed to just uh, well, we got to do this classical mythology before we get into Spider Man. Or shoot, I mean, like like or any or any in the medium. Right? Yeah, you get so no 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 no. I'm saying you're right because you know as somebody who you know mythology is like you know what is under my purview scholarship. It's like you know we're so beholden to Joseph Campbell's punk ass. That hey. we don't see, hey. we don't see past the Western frame. That's right, and so we don't even accept other ways of storytelling or other ways of narrative right. production. Right, non-Western right. cosmologies, right? Like time, time signatures. That's what I'm saying. Like how do you even look at time differently? It's just like, come on, man. Right, um, and and to to foster that, right? We talk about comics as an edu- as as an educative medium. Absolutely. To foster that love of learning, that knowledge, but then to think differently, right? One of my one of my things is uh, I love the what if comics, not because oh well, you know there are different ways to story, but but the but but that epistemological framework of nothing is fixed. Yes, right. This this notion of well, what if we thought differently about. Yeah. So yeah, well, what if Spider-Man had stopped the robber? Cool, that's a neat, interesting narrative framework. Mm-hmm. But it helped me 
to think about, oh, these stories are not carved in time. Uh, They're not carved in stone. And they help us to think differently, think laterally about ways we learn, whose knowledge is of the most worth, right? Those, those, types, of, those types of questions, those critical questions that I've been asking since, you know, like you said, five. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Grant Morrison said something really interesting. He's saying that, you know, comic books are basically cave paintings that we touch up from time to time. Yep. You know, we put our own spin. Sometimes it's going to, you know, it has an original form, but it's going to change. And for me, it's right. like, if you just like any, like there's, Anybody that's like so many people, people are against. So many parents are against kids reading comics. Like, like, yeah. do you know how accelerated your child will become if they start? Like, for my, like, I'll, I'm to to your point earlier. Right. My daughter, I thought she was allergic to reading. <laughs> like, she would get a book, she starts scratching and starts sweating and start freaking out. <laughs> she started reading. Right. No, seriously. <laughs> she, she started, but because, because she had shitty teachers, so we yeah. started. So we yeah. started. Uh, um, so we started like even preschool was bad. So we started reading comic books. I was like, sure. okay, let's just look at the pictures. Now this girl goes through, forget a library Broke. card. You know, thank, thank God bookstores are closed right now, <laughs> because she's always like she read the entire Amulet series like in a week and like all these books. So she loves now me and her like together against her mom. Like no, this is we're gonna keep all these right now. Yeah, and and that to to me, what you said there is is that's legacy stuff. Yeah. Because, and, 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 and I'm, I'm formulating this, this idea of the power of, the twin powers here of, the me, of literacy mm-hmm. and the medium. Yes. That you, that you were able to unlock by, by, by warrant of <laughs> uh, uh, the confluence of good teaching good pedagogy and you know your own passions are now then passed passed down uh to the next generation i yeah. kind of think about it. i was talking with donald washington about this shouts out oh, shouts out to her follow on twitter she's yeah. great she's raw right. right soto and we were talking about just this this notion of epigenetics right this epigenetic yeah. but 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 epigenetic she, and she's real she's on this epigenetics of hope Thank right you. If the trauma can be passed down, so too can joy the, and belonging, the joy, right? Love and, the and I'm hearing all that in my mind. Like, and, and, may, and maybe I'm reading into it. No, I'm hearing no, all that, right? No, I, I am. My, my, I mean, my entire epistemology is aspirational. Like, that's where I'm in. That's because I don't. Bro. I think that people of color are always on their heels, right? It's just say, between responding and reacting. It. You know, I don't want to yes. respond. I don't want to react. I want to respond. Right, Woo. I don't want to be in control There's of it. A difference. So, There's a profound difference, Woo. and so that's what I do. Like, so when I when I teach, like we just we just read uh, Persepolis. My students just read Persepolis, yeah. and I'm just like, okay, it's a sad story, but what's the mechanism for her to make that sad story palatable wow. and desirable for us to engage in? Let's yes. forget about you know. Let's just get on our McLuhan real quick and start talking about what's happening, right? And so yes. the students were like. I never even thought about it. I mean, yeah, because you're taught to think of people's stories if they're bad as a negative experience, but right. not as an act of love and vulnerability right. and sharing, which is aspirational and hopeful. Right. And that needs to be contagious. And, and especially, and I just, um, I was just writing about uh, and this, uh, apologies to everyone for what is maybe going to be the most uh, bougiest sentence to come out. But I just had a piece come out 
Uh, it was uh, John Jennings uh, doing a back matter for Bitterroot. Yes. And, and I was talking about... Uh, Shout out to John. John out to John Jennings. Um, one of the one of the smartest cats around. He he did a he did a, a, a episode for us too. Oh, basically. dope! I mean, he's not only smart; he's probably and I say this with no hyperbole, most genuine stand up nicest guy I've ever met in my life. Without question, without question, yeah. he's uh he's also. I told him this uh, before we get off on our t- on, on the. We'll take this and make it the John Jennings shout out portion. <laughs> he's closest thing to like a wizard that oh. I know. He he experiences time. Um, like Dr. Manhattan, it's all <laughs> happening. You know what I mean? It's past, present, and future for, for him is just all here. And he sees the landscape for what it is. John, you're the best. Um, <laughs> I was talking about the back matter and, and, and one of the Griot's responsibilities is to, is to be a purveyor of hope. And so these stories, and I was talking about, I was talking about Bitterroot and, you know, the work that Sanford and, and David and Chuck are doing, uh, uh, as yes, the story is full of monsters, but the story is aspirational. The story is full of hope. It gives us hope in troubled times. Yes, right. Absolutely. And that's what Brian Stevenson was talking about: is the the enemy of justice is not injustice. The enemy of justice is hopelessness. Absolutely. Right. And which um um which really which really hit me. Um. And so I uh, when we when you're talking about how at preschool, and these are formative times, preschool that the literacy education uh, is, is, is not popping, um, then it is on us in some ways to, to figure out what those mechanisms are because that's freedom. It is. And it's you not I mean? difficult. The shit is not algebra. <laughs> like, a kid at that age is imagining. Imagine with yeah. them. Don't step on hey! their, don't step on their ghosts. Like, what are you talking about? Rock with them, and then they trust you, and then you build relationship, and they become better for the interaction with oh you. My gosh, I was not ready for church. I would have worn a, I would have, <laughs> I would have worn a better shirt. Uh, but, but, but that's it. Rock with them, and and what I would say is 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 part of keeping people in line is to restrict or to be able to control the contours of their imagination. And that's kind of goes back to, in my mind, it goes back to a word. Well, thanks. But I didn't say that. I'm just paraphrasing Carter Woodson. Yeah. And he talks about, about, Hey, if you can control a person's actions, then you control the way a person thinks then you got them. Again, I'm paraphrasing. Oh no, no. No, it's true because I did so. I did about twenty years of adolescent mental health juvenile justice work. I was a case manager hey. for you know. I'm I'm Caribbean, so I've always had like three or four jobs at the same time. Um, <laughs> that, that stereotype is true, but um, so many of the, so many of these kids had their dream machine dream machinery deactivated, and so that's why they're making the shitty choices. And so when you were able to, you know, dino up their dream machinery and give them a little bit of energy and spark the hope again, hope is nothing but directed dreams, right? And so getting them that, I mean, so these kids, all the kids I worked with, and I say this with no hyperbole, only 3% recidivated out of the 119 students or clients that I've had. Because... Because I was like, let's imagine some shit. I mean, right. towards, the right. end of my t- when, towards the end of my tenure, I raised $25,000 and took four kids to Ghana. Got their POs to sign up on it, got the judge to sign up on it. 
We went to Ghana, and these kids were just like, you mean black folks are flying a plane? Yes. Flight attendants are. So we went to Elmina Slave Castle. Had this, we started talking. These kids come back. These kids are now in their, you know, I'm an old guy. I mean, but they're in their middle 20s, late 20s right now. I still get emails. Yes. Like, yo, Mr. Taylor, what's up, son? Oh, you, I remember when we went? Oh, remember mm-hmm. this picture? You still have that picture of us? Do you still? Like, mm-hmm. these kids are still. I had a kid because we, we, there, um, he actually, I, he was a kid I was kind of worried about. I gave him a bunch of comic books on the plane to read so he can kind of calm down. Yeah. And we were talking about that. Um, he was a huge fan of uh, old Claremont X-Men. Huge, huge, huge fan. That, like, those, are, those are after his time. He, he was, As many he of was us Jim, were. Yeah, he was Jim Lee Claremont. Okay. But I was like before that, like right. reading all these old comics. Right. And then this fool sends me the dope. I got it in a house somewhere. Sends me the, to my P.O. box the dopest picture of him as Nightcrawler. And he was just like, and this just like that, like to see what that exposure did for him. And now the dude's a commercial artist. Like, like now he actually works for an ad company and he's raw. There you go. Right? But so, like, people forget what these like these little because like we think that transformation takes Dr. King's levels of like mission and and purpose and organization. They don't. If I can make you smile on a shitty day, you might not kill yourself that day. If I can give you the right book at the right time, your life can fundamentally change. Like for me, you know, see my mom getting beat up, getting beat up by guys, but here I am looking at Spider-Man, Challenging Unknown, Mr. Fan, they are Mr. Miracle, all these things. I'm like, if I, if I didn't get those books that time, I, who knows what would have happened, what kind of butterfly effect would have happened. Right. And so I think comics for people... For all people, but I think a lot of for a lot of marginalized people, comics are a worthy intervention because it forces you to imagine things that you can't in your normal context. Right, right. And I think about it like this too. Like, let me just, like to just push that even forward. Not only is it an intervention, it invites reinvention. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, yes, sir. You can imagine. Like you taught I me. Mean, you talked about it. You touched on this uh, when you said Spidey was me. I'm, I'm, you know, I put yeah. the mask on, and and I could envision, I could revision to see myself again as a not a different person, but more wholly and fully myself. It's the subjective that remit. Makes, right? Absolutely. So what you? What was? What's the, the the subjective remix? Boom. Um, and so and so yeah, that that's I mean that's that's. That's just some truth right there. Not from me, but 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 from what, what you were talking about, right? This notion of we we don't we have to rebuild that which was we have to let me let me let me think about it this way. Providing students, providing young folks, providing all folks. I'm not going to just say young folks because yeah. we're old and we're still reading comics. Absolutely. But providing folks the the tools to rebuild their dream machine. I love this notion of the dream machine because they didn't break it. No. First of all, first of all, so it's not a deficit thing. And Audrey Lord told us, told us you're not going to rebuild it with the master's tools. Okay. Nope. So you can go, you can go, you know, go to college. You can jump through all those hoops. You can do everything you can do, do and say, and, and, and all, all of this, but it takes new tools to, to, to reinvent. And it takes new sight to reimagine. Absolutely. You know what I'm talking about? And so that's all I'm hearing what you're saying, yeah. and, and it's hitting. It's it's resonating. And it's, what, and, and it's what it. I mean, like and the thing is, 
it's just like you can just look at what it is. I mean, like every single time, like there are certain things I read once a year. Like my favorite comic series of all time is is Warren Ellis's Planetary. Those such 20, a good series. Those twenty eight issues fundamentally changed storytelling for me. Right. It's just dope. Yes. But I read it once a year. Mm-hmm. Like I read Samuel L. Delaney's um, Dahlgren once a year. <laughs> yes, sir. And I, and I get something new out of it every time because it's like Harry Clytus. You can't step in the same river twice because the river's different and I'm different. So I'm that's approaching right. the material. And I think that's what I think that's what the best art does is that the best art meets you where you're at at all times, even though the art itself stays stagnant because it's constant change. But you have different sets of eyes each time you get involved with it. You know, and, they, and that's why I think why comics are so important because, I mean, like my favorite comic story, and I don't know the issue. I want to say it's like 224. I doubt that's the issue. It's not the issue. There's a, <laughs> there's a Fantastic Four story where Johnny Storm goes to the hospital to visit a kid who set himself on fire to be like the Human Torch. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like, who, and this is not just whiz, bang, four color, you know, written sound effects. This is like, I know kids who hurt themselves emulating people who they, who they held in the steam. Mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. one of the most powerful things. And then you had the, whole, the Rick Jones, like the AIDS thing and the whole, yep. like, yep. comics, comics take more risks, more heart risks than a lot of other mediums do. Wow. Yup. Yup. And they always and they always have, which is what Wortham was afraid of. I, yes, I, I, I would say is <laughs> conceptions of Americanism. Yes, of who was good, who was bad. He, he, if comics didn't matter, he wouldn't have taken it to to the Senate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If these mediums did not have a fundamental impact on the way we see ourselves and each other in the world, right now. Yeah, it's problematic in, you know, I, I was just reading, I was just reading Guy, some Guy Fortune. Remember, I was oh reading some God. old Guy Fortune stuff. And yeah. I was like, some of these representations are really problematic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Guy Fortune was great, but he went to like, he, he, he did people in like all kind of questionable outfits. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. okay, all right. But, but <laughs> so I understand the notion of like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do it that way. But to your point, comics grow with us and push. Yeah. And comics put comics grow with us and, and push our understandings forward. Right? So that's why like in our in my class, what like we'll read Truth, Red, White, and Black. Okay. And it's this notion of the the very simple question is how'd you get that super soldier serum? <laughs> where'd Let's that come from it's a very it real quick and then we can figure it from there you know what I mean and so so we're going to ask this very simple question but we're going to tie it into very real concerns about the medical practices that were deeply embedded in the construction of the United States yeah you know what I'm talking about and and, and for and, and I'm, I got college students who are like I had whoa Time out. What are you talking about? Because, you know, you hear about the Tuskegee experiments, but then when you drop Henrietta Lacks on them, they're like, oh, wait, oh. what? Yeah. And, like, her cells are still being used today. Like, you, let, let's talk about it. And that's that heart risk Yeah, that you talk about. It's like, yeah, yeah that- we're going to talk about some real stuff. We talk about um, uh, God loves, man kills. 
Yes. Probably the best X-Men story ever told. One of them. But I they almost didn't do it. I think it's probably the best one. for it's, me. It's no. For it's, me. It's one of those times where they just let it rip. Yeah, and you're just like, God dang. Like, like it, oh, it, oh, it, it, it was just like it was drawn like wild gritty. Yeah. Like it just it, like real grainy. Like you just right. tell it was like, you know, it was always, you know, they looked at the past as the other one too, where you're just like, right. oh. And 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 the well, the reason that one hits me got, is because as you said, he's taking risks and they were like, No, there are no metaphors here. <laughs> This is all just straight talk, <laughs> right? Like that. It's like, oh well, it's always a proxy for for the marginalized. Like, no, we're actually not proxying anything right now. We're just see, gonna I, put it right out there. See, I actually, despite what anybody says, I never thought X Men was the was an analog for you know you know King as Xavier access. I always thought it was about if marginalized people should show their talents or not. Are you allowed to be gifted in a society that looks at you as someone who is ungifted? As me, you know, as a black kid who was, you know, a lot of struggles, but I mean, I'm going to talk, it's talk my shit Tuesday. I'm smart as hell. Hey, <laughs> I mean, I like, mean no, people I'm, knew that, but I'm, uh, it's no, good to say. I'm saying, I mean, I mean, like, I'm a, I mean like yeah. but, so, but then how many times do you have to dim your light based on other people's perceptions of you? That's you what excellent thought to it. me. You got to put that uh, the, the the image. I think it's I think it's in God loves man kills. Where it's Nightcrawler got to put his hood up. Hood up, yes. Like, why can't I just be fly on my own merit? I don't have to be fly in relation to your concept of flyness. Why can't I be fly on my on my merits? And then you come to me and be like, all right, let's do this. And so for me, it was excellent. Was always about like for example, I'll give you an example for my daughter. My daughter, yes. everybody, talks, everybody talks to their kid, right? My daughter is is freakishly athletic. But right. she's, a, she's a book nerd. Right. But she has, like, everybody has, like, kids, everybody talks about their kids are talented. She's never had an awkward phase. Her agility and dexterity is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a superpower in itself. It, it is. And she, so, so, so she was running, you know, she, and she loves to run. So right. she was at, a, at her friend's birthday party where they had relay races. And so I saw her, her dial back a little bit mm-hmm. in the race to get second place. Right. So I pulled her aside. I said, "Baby, what happened? Like, why did you say I don't want her to feel bad?" Mm-hmm. Which I love the compassion in the heart. Right. But my thing is like, it's not your job to slow down; it's their job to speed up. <laughs> right. It's like I and appreciate I love- it. You don't want to. You you don't want to. It's her birthday party. Yeah, you don't want to uh, shit on. You don't want to shit on compassion. Uh, no, no, I get it. But at the same time, if she didn't want, she if she didn't want to race. She shouldn't have had a race. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, don't so let her like, there. I'm like, blow right. her up. Right. Like then she can she can go and cry, right. and then she needs to go out to the track and try harder. But you know, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, you know, that's, you know, that's, I you. that's black folks and marginalized folks in like. I mean, I have a buddy of mine, rural white Scottish dude, mm-hmm. who is he has the most beautiful singing voice. Mm-hmm. But you come from that type of hard scrabble town. You are never allowed to sing. If you did, you'd have to start scrapping every five seconds, or you get ostracized or that's right. some social tar thrown on you. That's right. That's right. That's what X Men always thought it was to me. It was always like, am if I'm dope, am I allowed to be dope publicly, or do I have to be dope amongst my same peers? Right. And that's not fair, and it's very restrictive. Yeah, and, and it's it's this notion, you know, when I when I look at and, and when I look at the X Men in particular, right? It's this. I love the fact that they're at a school because what are they learning, right? 
and who and especially early on you got professor x and yeah there's a lot of tropiness but yeah learning how to be their truest self yes on their own terms and then the question is well then what do you to to what do we owe to whom as humans you know what i'm talking about because this is like um i i've never seen professor x and magneto as as stand-ins for the uh you know for for malcolm or, or dr king um i've always seen that as two as a yin yang cohesive whole you know what i mean like there's always going to be tension because being human is full of tension. Yes. So they, they, they are this conversation that, that especially folks who have been told, who have been marginalized and been pushed out uh, and run over and killed by dominant ideologies and, and, yeah. and a whiteness in particular. Um, how do we be, how, how can we be fully human? And I think that's one of the great accidents that Stan ran into yeah. is, is he was like, well, we'll just make them mutants because we can't have monsters because Frederick Worth of sucks. Um, <laughs> so we'll just, ah, it's fine. They're mutants. They come by it naturally. Well, then what does that mean? And these are all conversations. You know, you can, go, you can go as deep as you want with that because that has been a fundamental question. What does it mean to be human, especially in a society that dehumanizes you or what does it mean to be talented and beautiful and talented and ugly when you got the Morlocks that come in and Hey, and why does it, and, 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 and how did, Oh, I get too, I want to get too dark on a, on a, on a, on the day, but what happens when you, when, when you, what, what are, what are the dangers in doing that? Because you got barbecue Becky out there. Yes. And you got to watch because folks will, you know, I just saw the, the NYPD handing out masks to people in, in Central Park. Oh, yeah, to the rich white people. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> under what circumstances, I mean, you, you said it, under what, under what circumstances, and that's that tension that Magneto's like, well, we're going to go to, we're going to go to Asteroid M. Bye. Bye. That's, that's Sunra. Bye. Space <laughs> is the place. Bye. Space is the wrong. Yeah, that's that's right. That's Genosha. That's Krakoa, right? Yeah, it, they're doing it all. I mean, like, and that was, for me, it's just like, that's what, why I got so angry at people for saying Killmonger was right at the Black Panther movie because Killmonger was just colonialism and blackface. Nothing he said was actually liberatory. All he was trying to do was recreate colonial conditions through advanced weaponry. And people used to get, oh, you're a cello. You're this. I'm like, no, I watched the damn movie, you moron. Okay. I love it. I love it because... That's what's so complicated about that character. That's what's so complicated about Magneto. Is yes. yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. But but when he, and and I thought that was a genius move on on Kugler's part was when he had the 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 phrase the sun will never set on the Wakandan Empire. Yep. Hi, Britain. Come <laughs> right coming out of his mouth. It's like that's the tension. That's Paulo Freire. Yes, and this is what I said: is the oppressor becomes the oppressed becomes the oppressor if you don't if you aren't not careful if you do not reimagine what love looks like in public, or what does power look like when you have it? Yes, exactly. Because you know, that's the thing, you know, like you know when you when power switches hands, we're mostly gonna because we're all masters of pattern recognition, and if right. those patterns are damaged, we're gonna follow damaged patterns. That's right. You have to, you have to be able to reimagine 
what power looks like redistributed in a way. Not like I'm a communist or anything, but I'm saying like, like for, I mean, like if you have the power to do certain things, you have to be five times more careful if you are in the same situation that made you powerless in the first and, place. And, and that's, you know, I, and I have these conversations too, is what's the tension between, so when you say with great power comes great responsibility, right? Yes, you could read that as like the noblesse oblige, yeah. right? It's like, oh, yes. well, if I have much, then I will bring it to the peasants. But in your conception is, no, when you have, when you, when you are in a position of power, then one must, one must deal humanely with that position with yourself with yourself exactly i mean like i always thought that with great power comes great responsibility always was missing a to whom at the end of it yes it's like yes and that's the question that who's great (laughs) respect great responsibility to whom and that's the big question yes that's the big question because too much, and, and this is this is gospel, right? Like, to whom much is given, much is required. Okay, who did who did the giving? How is it right? Like, I got some. I'm not trying to be sacrilegious or anything, no. but I have questions. Yeah, but I think that's okay because that is part of how we learn to navigate uh, being being human and 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 being present to each other and with each other. To whom and for whom, and through whom are these relationships navigated and that's what comics i think can do and i think also comics really forces us to really dive deep into our axiological bent right hey it's forcing us to have these conversations about what do we value how do we value it what's the utility of the value and i think that we don't have those conversations in our regular lives enough we just go with the bro we get we are creatures of habit and there's no value in habit this is not because you're not being present, you're not. You don't have agency right. in habit. Right. Oh, look at that. Listen to this. Right. There's there is no agency in habit. In unthinking re- reproduction of yeah. power of 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 power structures, Mm-mm. reproducing colonialism, reproducing oh. re- patriarchy. patriarchy. Right. Exactly. That and that is not agency. That is not liberatory. That is not liberation. What we need to think about is the ways in which these stories give us. Uh, it, provide for us terrain to rethink um, to to rethink the ways that we understand our our ourselves right and 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 then how we then go about creating that that those other spaces right exactly um, and and that's agency the ability to create those spaces internally, externally in a community. This is why I love the X-Men school because that's a community that's created for a particular purpose, right? That's agency. Yeah. That's freedom. That's liberation. And the funny part is most people look at freedom as permissiveness, but don't see being able to say no as a form of freedom. Resistance is free. It can be like refusal, the politics of refusal, right? Yes. I mean, like for me, like I know, I'm in my 40s. I've never drank, smoked, nothing in my life. And for me, that looks free to me. People look at me as it being restrictive. You've never tried? You know, I mean, I was a, I was a sharp skin for a long time. I mean, you know, and I was a you know, straight edge guy, all of that. But the thing about me was, it's, it's like me being able to not participate, I feel free. 
But when you are telling me that I'm missing out because I haven't tried something, that makes you realize that you aren't as free in your choices as you said you were. Or and, you feel you are. Right. And that's that's the big thing is is how is consent generated? Woo! Right? One more, and, one more time for the men in the back. Uh, right, <laughs> and it's, it's, yeah, and and that's 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 the thing is is, uh, it, from everything from what I call the Jurassic Park principle, Ian Malcolm, right? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> that's how you get dinosaurs. You want to get eaten by a dinosaur? No, stop it. <laughs> so that's one. But we kind of do though. But we. Kinda, I mean, it's yeah. fun. We, we want to get um, chased. We want to get chased. Not eating. We want to. Yeah, we want to get chased. We got to eat. Getting chased is fun. Getting getting eaten off a toilet less fun. <laughs> right, but but this but but this notion of um of well, as you said, just because we can doesn't mean we should, right? This this notion of well, I'm going to on my own terms make my own decisions. That's being a critical participant in a democracy. Doesn't mean I have to. That doesn't mean I have to agree with everything that you do. And if and this is Baldwin. Right. Your rights, your liberty does not, you know, we can agree to disagree, as it were, until what we've our fundamental disagreement is on my ability to exist. Exactly. Right. And so we've got to be able to have these conversations and these stories provide us that effective, that affective distance to be able to have those stories the same way Derek Bell in Space Traders, for example. Right. Provided us the distance to have these conversations before we throw up those barriers, we, we look forward. Stopped. That's Samuel Delaney, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think the way forward is not as complex. Like, you know, even though I'm not a Joseph Campbell fan, even though I'm a Joseph Campbell scholar, <laughs> um, he's just, I mean, the inner reaches of outer <laughs> space, right? Yes. You know, yes. It's, yes. It's, it's tension. It's tension. It's why, yeah. I love, it's why I love Clyde W. Ford's Hero with an African Face. Yes. That, that book is just, it's just masterful book. But, I mean, it's just like the idea is that we, I think the problem is, I think that in the West, we think of compassion and, and, and resistance, everything as being wholly demonstrative. Where sometimes it just takes me and you having a cup of coffee, playing a game of chess, playing some dominoes, yep. and things are changed. And so, I mean, because like these micro changes, you know, because we have all, you know, we talk about microaggressions, but we don't talk about micro alliances ever. And I think that we need to really have a conversation about those little small things that we interact with each other that makes both of our lives better when we walk away from each other. I love it. Like, those are the things that we, I think, because I think we live in a deficit society and what the aspiration, because even like that whole 90s, everybody had spikes, Adam the Extreme and all this other Ghost Rider spike shit. Like, we got, we, we got this really ugly... Pockets. Yeah, like pockets and pouches. <laughs> but we got into this, like, this, it, it, it was just a reflection of excess that we were yes. living at the time. You know, I think, like, you know, exemplified by Rob Liefeld in, 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 in Image. Like, it was, that was an excessive... You know, now Image is probably the best company out. Without question. Like, I'm like, they're like, oh, we can do what? Oh. I mean, oh my God. From sorry, for all, sorry for all the brigade. <laughs> yes, this, is, this is a young blood free zone now. Yeah, yeah. So, we're gonna, so, we're it's our bad. Do, I mean, it's Infidel, like Infidel was a dope yeah. book. Like all yeah. these books, you know, that yeah. are coming out that are able to tackle things that only the comics medium can do. Listen. Look how crappy... Not to be disrespectful to, I love creators, but look at the loss of vibrancy from October Faction book to the show. Same thing with Umbrella Academy from the book to the show. You know, and it's okay. I mean, for T, they're good, but 
the Umbrella Academy does something in the comic that is so spectacular. October Faction says something in the comic that is so spectacular that, that it, loses, it loses it loses the translation yeah. to the screen because certain things have to be. I mean, we can talk about all the success of the MCU, which I'm not a huge fan of. I mean, well, we can talk about all the success. Of, I mean, it's weird though. I'm not a Captain America fan, but those B movies are freaking incredible. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm not, like, I was like, out of everybody, you think I'd be like, like, but Captain America, I never really cared for in the comics. But this, I'm like. To this day, I'm like, Winter Soldier is the best James Bond movie ever made. Right. It's like, what if James <laughs> Bond was actually a superhero? <laughs> you know, but I mean, for me, it's just like, I think what comics can give us that other mediums don't, it gives us an opportunity to insert ourselves because usually in a novel, right. I'm being kind of told descriptions. I'm being info right. dumped. If I'm reading science fiction, I'm being info dumped every 30 That's pages right. yeah. or whatever. But with comics, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm actually, that's why I thought Marvel's was so dope. So dope. Because I was like, I'm the camera POV. Like, yep. I'm seeing, like, what happens if we get this new crop of, like, the miraculous that falls into our lap? What, right. if, the, what if the mundane suddenly becomes mythic? And you're just like, what the hell? And that, oh, see, okay. And, 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 and I think that's one of the brilliant things. I want to keep going with this one of the brilliant things is comics render the ordinary extraordinary. Do you know what I'm talking about? These conversations that go on under these conversations, these things we take for granted are then brought into high relief as you were talked about. And we see them with our own eyes, right? Or we see them or they, or they give us new eyes. Or they give us sometimes mm, mm, that, that happens sometimes too. Like I remember like, you know, you start reading things, you're like, what the hell? You don't, you know, certain things, then certain right. comics like switch your whole view, like um, G Willow Wilson's Air. Oh my gosh! Fundamentally great title. flipped. It flipped my whole shit. Yes, great she has, title. She, she has a, a super dope uh, 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 article about uh, uh, hyperpraxis in this Eco Next uh, journal thing, and I, I assign that every semester as a, as an oh. initial reading. But what Air did, I was like, we're talking about symbols, and we're talking about manipulation, and we're talking about mythologies, and I mean, G. Willow Wilson is just, that's another one. Shout out to her. Yes. Her novel, Alif the Unseen, was just the dopest shit so ever good. read. And, I mean, so good. God, like, so we can ask these questions, but also, too, we can ask these questions from a non-Western lens that gives us yes. different information. Yes, sir. You figure, because you, I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. Like, I, just, I, I can go off on this shit forever. No, <laughs> wait. It's, it's, just, it's just something about when you are tasked to, to, to consider the extraordinary, being extraordinary, how to act when you're extraordinary, or when you're extraordinary in mundane situations, it forces you to have like a Rashomon point of view. I gotta that's look it. at this, that's it. this from 47 different angles to get oh. the truth. And that's what's so dope about what the comic form can do for us. That's right. It forces us to see mon- our, our everyday, our commons, our, our civics, on. in a way that, from multiple points of view, like everybody hates Superman, I'm like, are you dumb? Like, Superman, if told right, like, Superman, ah. if Superman, like the Jim Lee, Brian Azzarello Superman, the, I think, Superman for All Seasons, I forgot what it's called, Jesus. But it's like, he encounters a priest who has cancer. What are you talking about? For tomorrow. For tomorrow. For tomorrow. Thank you. Like, that, all this, forget all the Wonder Woman scenes, Batman scenes, when he is just talking to the priest, and he diagnoses or he sees the cancer and can't do anything about it, 
that was the most Superman Superman has ever been besides Man of Steel. Yep. And I'm and like, wow. The and, and and that's the big thing is um uh Gene Yang. Oh, he's raw. Just did a just just did a, a three three series three three issue series where he uh, uh, adapted uh, Superman uh, fights the clan uh, Superman smashes the clan. Yes. And what happens when a hey, Superman you can't punch racism in the face, bro. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Your your move. And that for me, that's my new shirt. Superman can't punch racism in the face. No, he can't. Right? It's like I'm gonna get that as a shirt. Superman, what, what, what's, what, you know, what are you gonna do? It's, it's that same, it's that same thing of okay, well, well, now we got to think differently. What does Superman, you know, because he doesn't come in and teach a lesson. He's struggling with this is supposed to be. America. This is supposed to be the nice place of goodness and hope and freedom. And what is this? And this is from the 1930s, mind you. He, he yes. just adapted the story. So this is pre-war. This is post World War One, pre World War Two, and Superman had been out just like a couple of years, and we're already thinking about these stories, right? But it's this, this, what, 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 what are the possibilities? And what does it mean? What when Superman's told right, he speaks to something. Uh, he speaks to that that tap root of humanity. Yes. yes. That we that that we can look at from a, from from a million different ways, and that's what's that I like. Soups when he's told well. When he's, when told, he's well, told well, woo! It's it it's like it's he's like no other. Um, but that's true. I mean that that's true of. Of so many, which is what's so interesting, is because there's no single way to be human. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Um, so, I, man, look, we could chop this up forever, and I, and I want to, uh, but I know times. I know times are uh, time, times at, at a premium. <laughs> so, um, I want to. Pre- uh, I want to ask one question, and then, and then the, this will be the last one. Is how have you been able to in and look if anybody's listening to this and doesn't understand that this is a deeply the deeply scholarly and academic this is rooted in theory and praxis y'all need to just start over again okay and start taking some notes cuz my man Sean Taylor is thoroughly about it okay so how have you been able to you know you have this idea of you got to sacrifice who you are at least to some degree on the oh, altar of the academy okay. or, or to be taken seriously, yes. right? Like I'm going to be a serious minded scholar or a serious grown up. Mm-hmm. How, how have you, how, how have you been able to, 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 when, when people come for your joy, the thing that you love, how have you been able to retain that? How have you been able to, 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 to be your true self in the academy? This is going to sound um, arrogant, which I don't mean it to sound arrogant. I don't have allegiance to the academy. I have allegiance to my students. I don't have allegiance to the academy. Like, I'm here. I'm, you, you're hiring me because I make you look better. That's why. You're hiring me because when you look at all the numbers and who don't drop my class, how much money they're spending, you want me here because of that. But my first allegiance is to my students because guess what? I'm, they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. 
And hey. if I'm going to be the one helping them, giving them navigation tools to navigate this world, I better be on my P's and Q's and not ever disrespect my students or let them down. So the Academy can kiss my black ass for the most part. Because if you... If you <laughs> That's the shirt you need. But <laughs> <laughs> no, because, but, no, because if you are going to sit there and question... Like, I mean, my whole thing is read my, read my professors. There's like probably one bad review because that person got an F because they never showed up. I know who it is. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> no, but it's just like, my job as a professor is to make you doper than when you came in. That's my job. And I will put everything on the line to make sure that you, I don't care if you learn some new vocabulary, you learn a new way to think, you know, you, you know a new way to, but my job is that my classroom is liminal space. You enter, you, it's like a pause button in a video game. You make all your plans, then when you push play again, you're going to be dope enough to go out there and handle whatever challenges are in front of you. That's my, my allegiance is first and foremost always to my students because I love my students. And that's not being all, you know, Bay Area wishy-washy. No, 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 no. Each of my students, I learned more from them than they learned from me. I was grading papers this morning. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I wrote, I wrote a student back on a paper. I'm like, this is the dopest sentence I've ever read by my, one of my students. And I've been teaching since 2007? it and that okay so now 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 we're not going to talk about sylvia winter yet but this notion of being fully human and you said liminal space this notion to see this wide screen view to exist in multiple multiple places multiple and to be in this space that is this in-between space is so powerful is so powerful and i appreciate that um I appreciate you joining us. Um, Thank you for man, we're going to have to make this a two-parter. We're going to have to chop <laughs> this in half because uh, there's too much. Th- we're, they're not going to be able to take People aren't going to be able to take it all at once. We're going to have to like take a break, go for a walk. That, that, get, get the handkerchief out the pocket. <laughs> dab himself off. Man, I appreciate you so much. Thank um, you, brother. I really appreciate you, do, man. Uh, check out Nerds of Color. Uh, please... Not well, not you. You <laughs> listeners, audience, I'm, please check out. I mean, yes, I'm one of the founding. One of the yes, founding. Please do check it out because it needs updating. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but check out uh, those of you listening. Check out Nerds of Color. Um, it is the place if you want this. But all the time, if you want gems from Sean, um, from Doctor Taylor, then just do the do the thing. Uh, be well. Be safe. You um, too, brother. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just gonna pause, I'm gonna pause the recording, stop the recording. But thank you very much. Peace.